Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome everyone back to the broadcast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I am joined on this beautiful Thursday morning by Tracy Pearson. Tracy, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Dave? Okay. What's going on? You know, just living the dream. Kind of kind of just a average week. Not yeah, too nothing, much going on. Nothing much going on. It's yeah, pretty light at work, you know. Not only is it the USC week, there are two basketball games. Two basketball games that are huge this weekend. There was another one already on Monday. Yeah. It's it's a it's the busiest time. We've talked about this. Um but it's a fun time. Yeah. Um it's and, it's and exciting. See, and see, and see, and see what people, you know, I'm I'm peeking behind the curtain. For all the content you get, there's a lot of work that gets into that that just kind of looks baked in, and we just snap our fingers and it magically appears. There's a lot of, and then managing all of you yeah. on that forum, this yeah. it takes a lot of time. So when, like this week. Dave, we are both working like 12-hour days. Yeah, it's pretty extensive. Yeah. It's pretty extensive. Like, I'm, like, I have to do, for taking everyone behind the curtain, I have to do so much crap for this network this week. Like, got to be on a yep. couple of video things. It's just, eh. On Monday, yeah. I went to practice. So, at Westlake Village, if I leave, practice starts at 9 o'clock. Like, Chip's interviews at, let's say, 9 o'clock. If I left, usually... 45 minutes to an hour. If I left at 7.30 from Westlake Village, it would take me an hour and a half and I would miss it. So I'm up working at 5.30 anyway. So I just, I, a long time ago, I said, I'll just, I'll just drive into uh, Westwood at 5.30 when I can get there in 40 minutes and just hang out in Luskin Center. So, I, so that's what I do. So my day starts at 5.30. I'm working anyway. So I did all the practice, did all that. Um, and then reviewed the basketball game. So by the time I was done, I did a 5.30 to approximately 10.30 day, which is common for you also. It's fun. It's a fun time. Yeah. When we get double sports, damn. <clears throat> we are complaining about our jobs, which involve watching sports for a living and writing Not complaining. It. Not complaining. Just a peek behind the curtain. A peek behind the curtain. With Tracy and Dave. Uh, Tracy, it's a big week. Um, big. Perhaps a little bit smaller uh, because UCLA... Um, Tripped up. Did something foul in its own bed. Whatever you want to say. Vomited. Some other orifice. Whatever. Shat. Shat. Um, peed in the bed. Um, whatever against Arizona on Saturday. Uh, drastically diminishing... Um, some of the value of of this upcoming game against USC um, certainly took out took away the uh, possibility of controlling their own destiny as far as the Pac-12 goes. Um, but it's a domino situation, though. Yeah, it's a serious domino situation. Um, 
But now uh, it's still, you know, number seven USC versus number 16 UCLA. The Bruins are still a two-loss team. Um, I think there's still absolutely the the room to have a, a, you know, decidedly successful season here. Um, But it requires, at this point, beating USC. Um, I think that's, you know, I thought your story was great um, about, you know, how this game still matters. And it matters because, you know, first, they can still make the Pac-12 title game. It's not in their control, but they can still. It just requires winning out. If you can navigate through the Pac-12 completely convoluted tiebreaker, oh my, I mean, just very, very, very simply. Let's just say it came down to determining the second team in the Pac-12 championship, and it's UCLA, USC, Utah, and Washington all tied. That'd be so funny. And they don't uh, now, get it. Now, just a reminder <laughs> that UCLA beat all three of those teams, so shouldn't it just – shouldn't any normal human being look at that and go, oh, yeah, they go. They beat all three of them. No. Because USC didn't play Washington, you go to the next timer. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. Goodbye, Pac-12. Yeah, it's <laughs> so you. incredible how bad that is. Wow. Um, wow. But so there's that to play for. There's also the simple reality, I think, for, you know, Joe UCLA fan beating USC, especially when they're good, is just delicious and fun. Well, can you really have a successful UCLA season in football unless you beat USC? Yes, you can. You, you can. can. And if they'd beaten Arizona and lost to USC and beaten Cal, it would have been a successful season. Okay. Okay. Anyway, don't lose to Arizona. You can't have a how, okay. how about this? There you Be- go. Better, better, better rule. You can't have a successful UCLA season losing to Arizona. How about that? Yeah, I'd like to see in their history. I got to go back to see if there was ever a clearly successful season. <laughs> Wait, no. Yeah, they lost to Arizona. Yeah, no, in that sorry. one season. That's actually Remember? the linchpin. Um, linchpin. Uh, but uh, there's that, and then there's also um, I think for Chip Kelly, the, there's still you know just opposite of what I just said, there's still the potential for this to be a clearly successful season. Um, I don't think it's as obvious now as it was before the Arizona game, Um, but beating USC, winning out, um, beating Cal, and then putting yourself at least in the conversation to get a New Year's Year's Six bull bid. I mean, they won't, it's not an obvious thing and it's not necessary that they will get it, but even if they went to like the Cotton Bowl or something and somebody else gets the Rose Bowl, I think you'd look at that and say 10 and 2 regular season, New Year's Six Bowl. That's obviously successful over and above expectation for this year. Yeah, I agree. We we tried to raise expectation this season because you know, you silly deserves to have higher expectations than what our BBS is, has um, given us over the last I don't know how many years. I, I think the bar is a 10 and 2 season and or or going to the pack 12 championship. So at this point, more likely a 10 and two season, a nine and three season. We've talked about this ad nauseum um, is essentially the same as last year. It, can you stop just time out? Can you stop um, trying to throw your Latin education at us? Okay. I it's did ad take nauseum. Latin. I took Latin. It's ad nauseum. How'd you know? I took not, Latin. Because you pronounced it that way. All right, and we're how done with should this. you pronounce it? Nauseum. Come ad on, nauseum? get with the program. It's ad nauseum. Ad nauseum. You know what? Ad nauseum is more a Dave Woods kind of. I let this go last week. I let it go because you did it last week too. But then <laughs> I did. You did it I again said this that. Week. We said that 
two times in two weeks? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my Tracy. God, are we repeating ourselves? You are. You're I'm you're not. you're flashing your Latin education and my age, minute. but yeah. <clears throat> okay. Anyway, continue, so please. What was continue I saying? I forgot. Who knows? <laughs> oh yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. See, Football completely teams. forgot, Dave. One hundred percent. No, we we're talking about it would essentially be the same as last. Look, season. I needed to address that, and it had to happen. I, no address, address. Um, you would feel like the team really didn't improve. You know, it was about the same result, and this should have been with that soft schedule, with that non-conference schedule. And actually, the conference schedule was fairly easy. This should have been the year where they don't just keep it at about the same level. They they had to get 10 wins. Yeah, and I think year. if they get there, it's still successful. It's obviously not what we were all dreaming of a week ago, um, but still clearly successful. Still something you should you know say, hey, that was a good season. Um, so now here's the thing. USC, so let's get into the actual game now um, because I've well, seen Well, wait, th- one thing I want to say. It is a little reminiscent, possibly, of the way UCLA backed in to the championship in 1982. If you're, I that's near. If do you you remember that year, Dave? That was three years before I was born. <laughs> that's why I said that. Um, <laughs> I mean, so yes, Tracy, yeah. I do. Yeah, that was amazing that you your DNA remembered. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, genetic memory. It's a uh, it's a new uh, I can't even. I mean, I can. I'll put it on the form. What had what had to happen to, to make that happen? But it was it was contingent on so many different things, and it's not even that complicated this time. So yeah, okay, go ahead. So let's talk about this game because I've seen a couple of things in recent weeks that have kind of changed my tune a little bit on this game, and I'm wondering if you are in the same boat because. Week ago, two weeks ago, I was saying, you know, I actually think UCLA, because their defense is not complete, like, just trash, mm. it's got some elements, like that pass rush and the and whole thing. And you've reevaluated that a little, well, have now you? I'm looking at it, and I think the reverse is almost true, because with the way UCLA's offensive tackles are playing, and have you watched Tuli Tuipilotu for USC? Uh-huh. Imagining him going against Garrett DiGiorgio is keeping me up at night. Um, is it really and, keeping you up at night, or is that no, just a not. saying you throw out? If you were being kept up at night, we really have to talk. No, I have two small children. Nothing keeps me awake at night. Okay. It's I, two, I, go to, two I go to sleep at 8.30 Abby basically every night that I don't Berkeley. have to watch a basketball game. <laughs> it's those three people on earth that are keeping you up. Yes. Um, but here, So my thing is I the USC defense – it's got a pass rush, a really good one. UCLA's, I think, is um, pretty obviously uh, turned out to be a little bit fraudulent. Kind of ate up some cupcakes, but can't really do it consistently. Mm, I, I, along those, right on that note, I, I think it's an indication that other teams are starting to scout and scheme. Yes. Well, and UCLA isn't adapting. Like, Correct. other teams are adapting to it. Okay, keep going. Right. But USC actually, like, they've got some legit pass rush with Tui Pelotu, um, and they have, if not a great secondary, they have an aggressive secondary. They play a lot of bump-and-run coverage, and they pick the ball off a lot, a lot, a lot, um, almost like it's by design. That combination in this game makes me worried um, because Dorian Thompson-Robinson has also not been playing 
he's been playing fine. I mean, I, I, we're all talking about this last game against Arizona, and he wasn't great, but like throw it into the pile of 2019 games, and it was probably his third best game of that year. Um, but yeah. he's not playing as well as he was in the first six games, and so the combination of all of that, I think, boils down to me where I'm like, the odds are USC here forces a couple more stops than UCLA does, and that's going to be the tail in this game. I, I also thought, yeah, DTR didn't have a great game, but I also thought the game plan set him up. Oh, to, horrible! It was to vanilla. Not style. succeed. It was, and this, you know, we knew that we thought this. That was our impression, and our boy Chris Osgood completely slam dunked, confirmed everything. In his headline, what was his headline? Should have just run zone. <laughs> you have the you have the number one running game in the country. You have you know arguably one of the top three running backs in the country, and they're they're throwing horizontal behind the line of scrimmage. I know that's part of the running game, but no, just 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 run Zach Charbonnet. Even when you're down a touchdown, just grind that out. So many reasons to do that that we could pile on. I, I didn't get it during the game. I watched it again, didn't get the play calling, and then read Chris Osgood's thing and then really didn't get the play calling. I think it was sincerely, they didn't, it was sort of like a preseason cupcake, and I think they drastically misevaluated Arizona's offense um, in that doing because. Offense it was like defense. No, no, I think they misevaluated their offense and they they misunderstood that they weren't going to be able to hold that offense to like whatever, three touchdowns. Like that they thought they were facing a cupcake. They thought they were facing Stanford or Colorado and Arizona is not that. They're not a good team, but they have one really good side of the ball and so you're going to have to outscore them. Um and all it would have required to Osgood's point Maybe you run Colson Yankoff out there four more times. Like, just literally run the ball four more times than you passed it. Um, and that might have been the difference. Because they were getting seven and a half yards a run with their running backs. Um, Dave, this is, this is really simple. UCLA is the number one, was the number, I think it still is, the number one rushing team in the country on yards per attempt rushing. Yeah. Arizona, one, 126th. Run rushing the defense. ball. Run, Run the, the ball. Just why are we getting – I thought it was a matter of Chip going contrary <laughs> and deciding he was going to go against what everyone thought he'd do instead of just running the ball. It was baffling. Just a baffling game. So – and this is where I'm like – I was talking about this the other day. I don't know if I'm being prone to recency bias and how I'm thinking about this USC UCLA game, because a lot of it is for me influenced by what UCLA just did against Arizona and not necessarily the game plan problems, but what we've seen consistently now out of Garrett DeGiorgio at right tackle um, the last three weeks, um, Dorian Thompson Robinson, not achieving those peak performances that he had in the first six games, that combination Look, we uh, and your point is well taken about the defense being the pro, the programmatic problem. Like when you're looking at the Chip Kelly era, what's the storyline? This defense could not sustain. But when you're looking at this season, like this team in particular, they and have that to be, game in particular, they have to be carried by their offense. Yep. And so when you're looking at this USC game, where it's going to be 
a shootout. No matter what, it's going to be a shootout. That's the only way either the, that's the only way UCLA wins this is if they can keep up. Are they going to be able to? Like are you they going to be though? able to do this without generating without without self-stopping because of tackle problems or because Dorian Thompson Robinson, you know, uh, just isn't quite at his peak powers. I guess so. I guess I guess you're right, but I would still I wouldn't mind seeing UCLA doing something a little bit different schematically game planning. I mean, Arizona did it. Arizona's defense did it to UCLA's offense just enough to trip them up. How many points? 28? Clancy could unveil the, the storied one-man rush something, instead of the two-man rush. Some, just to confuse him for a few downs in a few series. Drop 11. What the hell? Do you know? something. <laughs> just don't go status quo and make us all have to watch that again. Yeah, yeah, I don't see that happening. No. Um, but... It was a plea. It was a, a Chip Kelly's plea. generally. Uh, what I will say is Chip Kelly has generally put in effective game plans for this game over the years. Um, you know they've they've played either close or beaten USC most of the years. Um, so I would say you know more than likely it's going to be a close-ish game. It's just when I'm you know gaming it out, I think it's like sixty four to USC, and you know that's. I'll, I'll probably just play the odds in my prediction. Interesting point about that when you're talking about coaches being successful game planning against other teams he has been successful against usc generally last week arizona's defense did well scheming against ucla's offense now that's not a good defense they haven't had a great scheme all all year but think about you've got uh three former ucla coaches who know chip kelly's offense very well yeah. You got uh, Johnny Nansen. You got Jason Kafu. I, I mean, these that probably I hate to say it probably felt so good to them that they basically out schemed Chip Kelly. But they had some insight there. Just had to bring that up. That reminded me when you're talking about Chip Kelly scheming well against USC. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And I, you know, it's going to be it'll be fun. I think it's going to be a fun game. Um, hey, a sellout. Yeah, and I wouldn't be – I mean, and I should say, like, I'm sounding a little doom and gloom, and it's not, really. I, USC is not, like they're, – they're not a – they're kind of a pretender playoff team. They're not really that good. I'm just – like, the margins just shifted for me. Like, I was probably 60-40 UCLA coming into last week. I'm now 60-40 USC. Uh, I, I, a friend of mine, UCLA grad, went out with him last night. He and his wife throw. what do you predict? I said 54 to 50. They go, Really? <laughs> they go, wait, wait, who wins? I go, I don't know. No idea. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's pretty much the score. I would say the, the thing that I would say is UCLA's defense has almost no chance of holding that offense under 38. Um, UCLA has kind of self-limited itself twice this year to under that amount, um, South Alabama and Arizona. Um, they, they've got to come ready to play. Um and I think they will. I think it's going to be a really fun game. I think it's going to be back and forth. It's going to be a fun game. Yeah. And a sellout, Dave. And a sellout. All right. Um, are you ready to shift gears to basketball, Tracy? Mm, yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come right back with some hot basketball talk. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Tracy Pearson. Uh, David Woods. 
so UCLA basketball, I want to bring this up first because I found this very interesting. So UCLA has won the first three games of this season, non-conference play, against, you know, I think we've made the argument well enough. <clears throat> they're not they're not true cupcakes. You know, at least two of them are going to be contenders in their conferences, and Sac State's well-coached. They've won each of these games by at least 24 points. Do you know the last time that happened when UCLA won three straight games by 24 or more points? You wrote this somewhere. I did. I'll tell you. Okay. 1978, unless I missed something. Wow. That's nuts. Because um, for a lot of reasons. One, UCLA's had a heavy diet of cupcakes in the past, but there's usually always one of those letdown games. One of those games where, oh, you only won that by 12 and you looked kind of crappy doing it against the like 200th best team in the country. Not not so far. Um, this this team is, uh, uh, I would say, well ahead of where you might have expected it to be at the beginning of November. And, the and yes, there's the caveat. The, and the funniest but, part about that, Dave, is that <clears throat> they, they're still – the ceiling's high. You, you watch these games and you say there's so much better that they could get. This last game, I have to admit, was a well-played game. Defense could have been a, – a, a, still quite not up to what I'd like to see. But that offense Monday was really fun to watch. Um, but, yeah, they're still not – they're still not. You've got to think. Well, Adem Bone is going to get better. Amari Bailey's going to get better. That bench, you know, just 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 take a Bramo Zonka. I mean, he's showing flashes. He hit a three. Uh, I mean, he's moving well. He's defending. He's rebounding. He could be a key player off the bench by February. This team has so much. For, and wait, just your backup post player. You know, mm-hmm. Mac Eddian has some serious upside. And they're still bringing him back slowly. You're missing so, the big one. Jaime Hawkins has not played well. He has not. <laughs> the, 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 the like avowed best player on the team, the guy who's supposed to be the engine of this run, hasn't played well, and they've beaten the first three opponents by 24 points apiece. It could just be over, at least 24 points. That the spotlight of Jalen Clark just cannot, is so big, it just can't take Jaime Hawkins at the same time going off for 24 points. Well, and this is the thing, Tracy, is just because I am I am constructed the way I am, all that the beginning of the season... Can we talk like, about that? The, like, yeah. The number one thing that this beginning of the season has done is made me so mad about the UNC game. It has yeah. made me so angry. How many minutes did he play? Six minutes in that game. Oof. And Oof. shut down Caleb Love when he was in there. Um just th- this is the player reminiscent that, of Russell Westbrook and yeah yeah well and this is the thing is that Jalen Clark he wasn't quite this last year but he wasn't that far off from this um on like a per minute basis he was he was playing really well last well, year. especially defensively should have played more anyway yeah. um that's not where we're here that's not what we're here to talk about um yeah we are <laughs> to an extent um <laughs> but right now I mean the 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 reality is that there is still a ton of that upside. I mean, Adem Bona is still swimming. Um, Jaime Hawkins hasn't played well. Tiger Campbell, I st- still think, is kind of feeling out his new role. Um, he went back into his old role. He did. They went They went back to their old roles in a couple ways, which is why I asked Mick about the possessions at the end of that thing uh, yesterday, because it felt like they were workshopping, okay, what are we going to do in a close game against a tough opponent? 
i.e. Illinois on Friday. Um, you know, what are we going to do in those kinds of games? Are we going to, you know, is, is Tiger Campbell going to be, you know, on the ball more, you know, running the offense? Are we going to keep it pretty slow? Like that sort of thing. More than anything Norfolk State was dictating. Because um, it did seem like they were going much more back to the 2021-2022 Bruins than what we'd seen in the first two games. Yes. That isolation was <clears throat> one thing that we saw, which we did not see. 20, 20 assists on Monday. 20 assists so, on Monday. Um, and, I, and Tiger, remember, used to lead the league in assists. Then last year, he fell off because of the style of play. And then Monday, I think he had seven. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I, and here's the thing, too. I think we're in a little moment with the basketball team where we've got a little bit of a glow going on, right? And, yeah, there'll be, there are going to be some bad moments probably going ahead in the season. But isn't it fun just to pause and think about a, a great team that's fun to watch, well-coached, and just there's some like people were bringing up and talking about with the commitment of Sebastian Mack. Um, when Adam, when 24-7's Adam Finkelstein and Eric Bossy were talking about the commitment, and it, and it's just not. I took a little bit of offense to this, but then I then I rethought it. It's just not bro talking about Mick Cronin's brand of tough guys who play defense. Um, Finkelstein and Bossy, that was their major em- uh, emphasis when they're talking about the commitment of Sebastian Mack. So he's got a brand at UCLA. And if you remember our friend Greg Hicks used to always emphasize, what's the identity of the team? What's the identity of the program? He absolutely, Mick Cronin has an identity. Yeah. Um, and getting Sebastian Mack only reinforces that. So being in this moment right now when you've got a coach who's done that and playing well with with players that you like and respect and like to watch play yeah we should just just kind of appreciate the moment a bit yeah okay we can (coughs) move on now but i just wanted to appreciate it yeah i mean these are guys who were forged in the fire of uh you know a bunch of rock fights too um couple years ago in the tournament all those isolation knife fights um yeah it's a team of tough asses um and so the but i think the the jalen clark and his impact so far i mean he's going to come back down to earth i mean that shot i i like that it goes in but it doesn't look that dissimilar from what we saw last year takes a little while and you know if he's wide open he's gonna make some. that's what <laughs> you and i talked about this that mick's post-game interview when he's not he is giving jalen some credit but he also is oh yeah he can hit a shot when it's wide open <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I'm sure... i think he's trying to just play it down like please don't please give don't this guy a pro. bunch of hype please, <laughs> please don't, don't make pro. him go pro please i'm banking on him returning next year yeah um but he's been i mean he's been stellar he's been cleaning up the defensive glass um the steals have been out of control i the the thing they're fake dave they're fake they're like they're staged it is it's absurd what he's doing um the thing i would say is norfolk state the first like 10 minutes it felt like he was out there just hunting steals and i don't think like that's not the way to do it um and it actually led to some uh 
relatively easy Norfolk State basket, baskets, but then he settled in. Um, but, I mean, the way he's playing, um, if if he can keep up even, like, I don't know, an 80% level of what he's doing right now, um, it's not so much that he'll be, like, the third cog in the in the team or whatever. He's probably the best player on the team if he keeps this up at an 80% level. And, and what I like about this team, too, is uh, embodied pretty much in just the demeanor and the way they handle themselves of Jalen Clark and Adem Bona. Um, someone who is putting up the kind of numbers that Jalen Clark is and with the steals, you wouldn't, you know, really, really intense, like Aaron Aflalo kind of guy. Jalen Clark just looks like he's, you know, he's just running through a, a, a whole pasture of daisies. Yeah, he's no, he's just there. out for a jog. And then Adem Bona's whole demeanor also just makes me laugh. I mean, I just smile watching him. Yeah, know? no, and he, Adem Bona would like to block every single shot, no matter where they are shot from. Uh, and it's 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 a joy to watch him play basketball. But there was one call, he got a bad call, and he did his face. That face is, oh, that yeah. horrible face. And then just like two seconds later, he's like, oh, okay, big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I don't it's know. Really, just the whole demeanor of those two is just fun to watch in itself. I need and, some memes. Yeah, and I think um, you know all the yeah, all the um, uh, all the uh, um, in memoriams and stuff about Amari Bailey after two games. Oh my! Uh, yeah, uh, it, he's going to be really good, and I think he's going to be really good at UCLA this year. And he's already kind of showing some flashes of it. And just so y'all know, I've watched the kid play a lot before he ever got here. He ain't close to what he can be. He's not even close. He's yeah. still just starting to take baby steps. Yeah, and already he's looking more comfortable, like, taking those mid-range jumpers, um, doing a little bit of that, like, kind of Julesy stuff sometimes um, on offense. See, um, it's not like Peyton Watson where Peyton Watson – was always a, a prospect that was being ranked highly for his upside. He didn't necessarily produce a lot, but you'd say, wow, look at that. No, no, I've seen Amari Bailey produce. He's done it. So it's not, it's not that kind of five-star, one-and-done kind of hype. He, he's actually produced this kind of – and wait, he's not, he's not exactly playing optimally. What is he? He's averaging 13 points a game. <laughs> Something like yeah. that. Well, and he's actually, I mean, now he's actually shooting pretty well, too. I mean, yeah. he's he's at, I mean, a lot of it's layups now, but uh, he's at 61% from two. Um, he is right now uh, fourth on the team in effective field goal percentage among guys who are actually playing. Um, and that's, you know, Jalen Clark and David Singleton are going to come back down to earth. But he's ahead of Jaime. Uh, he's ahead of Tiger. Um, so, <laughs> like, from a shooting perspective, he's been fine. Um, and he's already, I don't know, at worst, the third best passer on the team. At um, worst. Yeah, at, at worst. Um, Jalen Clark's pretty good, and, and Tiger Campbell, obviously, but he's at worst third behind those guys. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of upside there. David Singleton is shooting the absolute lights out. That'll come back down to the earth a bit, but that stroke has never looked better. His setup, sorry, Tracy. Microwave. His legs, his legs and setup have never looked better. <laughs> I love it when Cronin did that to you. Yeah, it was good. I was on Cronin's side. 
Yeah, I know. Uh, he is usually. He is, I always have your back. I'm on the side of all the media, but I was on Cronin's side. That I'm. All, oh, keep going, Mick. Yeah, just keep, just keep own that little him. condescending little glare. Just own like, him. <laughs> um, but he has. Uh, he's not turned the ball over yet. He's played a lot of minutes, and he has yet to turn the ball over. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's something right there. David Singleton. David Wood Singleton. Yeah, I mean, you know. He, he, too, too long ago for you, but he, he, it's the same feeling. It's on the other side of it because he's our guy, but microwave is a really kind of, it's a similar feeling to Vinnie Johnson for the Pistons because it used to just piss you off. Oh my God. That guy would come in and just hit three shots in a row and you oh my it it was so demoralizing it has to be the same for fans of other schools when they watch david singleton yeah yeah what what's vinnie johnson is this another 1980s thing that you're throwing at me (laughs) good god Um, did you notice though how many people got the reference so you just need to keep your millennial self to yourself yeah we'll take a poll of the median age on our board Um, i think it's skewing towards me there big guy yeah, probably so. Yeah. Probably so. Hey, we, we're getting a younger generation now, though. We can thank uh, Ben Howland and now Mick Cronin for that. <laughs> certainly. Cer- well, maybe a little bit of Jim Mora, but certainly nothing else. Ben Howland um, knew his hip-hop. I got to really tell did. you. He knew, yeah. he knew what was up. Um, so, and then, all right, so this weekend, UCLA has Illinois tomorrow um, in the first game of whatever we're calling this, the Continental Tires it's a tire Classic or something. Thing. Yeah. Who knows? Um, they're taking on Illinois. Illinois is like an entirely new team coached really well. Brad Underwood's one of the best coaches in college basketball. Um, they'll play defense. Um, they've been scoring a lot so far, but I don't know. I mean, they've been, they've, they've played true cupcakes, like real, real hardcore cupcakes and they've blown them all out. But I mean, the best team they've played is Monmouth. Monmouth is projected on Ken Palm to go 11 and 20 this year. Um, so they've lost all three games. Um, something called a UMKC they've played. Yeah. yeah. University of Missouri, Kansas city. I'm guessing. Oh, okay. Yeah. They've only There's beaten... one similar to Maryland something County too. Yeah. They've, they've lost to the, um, they lost to a D2 team. It looks like Lincoln, Missouri. Uh, so that's a bad team. And then they, uh, they also beat Eastern Illinois, which is one of the worst teams in college basketball this year. They're projected to go 10 and 21 in a bad league. All, all I know is Illinois doesn't have that Kofi dude. Yeah, they don't have uh, Kofi Cockburn. Yeah, that guy was scary. Uh, <laughs> um, but they do, they've got a ton of transfers. They got that one mullet guy from Baylor, uh, Matthew Mayer. Uh, they have Sky Clark, familiar name. Familiar um, name. So they've got. Is I mean, he playing got, a lot? He yeah, he's doing... starting. I think. He's Is he really? At, I think he's starting at point guard. He's got two Y's in his name. Yeah, yeah. He's playing fifty-five uh, percent of minutes. All right. Um, so anyway, they've got a lot of dudes, um, but oh, it's still up. like they're ironing out roles and all that kind of junk that you do with a bunch of new guys. So, but, but they admittedly, a little scary. I mean, as a little bit scary. As neither Mr. team Cronin has said. It's neither it's, team has been truly tested, but yeah. UCLA's played a much better schedule so far yeah but outside of poly pavilion first time for all these young guys on the road foreign rims that kind of thing gonna beat him by 24 it's my point oof oof no? can you just put your name on that and keep my name off it 
Sure, sure. But if they do 24 right on the Do we nose, just hand them the banner? Hey, um, the for the Continental Tires. You classic, know what? That I was mean. another thing I want to talk about. Uh, it was very interesting. Uh, I know we all don't like Isaiah Collier now, but he, there was an interview with him. Somewhere. Boo hiss, boo hiss, um, about how, and I know I'm just get. This is a big old softball coming your way. You're sitting on home plate, and you are just seeing this thing come in like a big old moon ball. I, for I'm you. like leaning down a little bit, like you know, my my like right elbow's dipping because I'm just getting ready to launch this one. Into and the I'm seats. the pitcher, and someone's paid me off to sure, give sure, sure. you because I know you you like your pitches a little bit inside. That's your that's your zone. Uh-huh. Uh, when he said. UCLA is a little unrelatable sometimes if they don't put up like final four, at least final four. What if I'm a player and I was the guy who helped bring that final four to the program mm-hmm. and I look up in the rafters and there's no banner? Yeah. So two things. One, yeah. Isaiah Collier is just making up an excuse for why he wants to go to exactly, USC. Exactly. So but one it thing. was a pretty good excuse. But, but that's a really good excuse. Yeah. And it's exactly my point. Yeah. Which is, look, Mick Cronin's having enough success right now at UCLA that they got to get with the program. Because if Cronin could be at UCLA for another 12 years, run a very successful program, and never win a national title. Yeah. But you want to still sustain that thing. And you want to really see some banners. Wanna, you just want to be talking about 95? Forever and yeah. 10 national titles from like by the time he's done here, it'll be like 60 years ago. Like, is that is that really Final the program you want to have out there? Final four banners. Come on. Final four banners. And I think one uh, conference championship banner with yeah. all the years that they won the conference championship. But you do those two things. And then suddenly it looks like a program that's been relevant in the last 25 years because that's what it is. It is a program. Look, is UCLA the number one uh, college basketball program right now? And or for the last 25 years? No, it's not. But is it in the top 10? Yes, absolutely. Even if you ignore you know it, no. if you if you ignore the prehistory, if you ignore everything before 95, even if you ignore 95, if you just add up final fours they've been to since 95, they're in the top 10. Yeah. Like this is a program that should be proud of the program it is right now, not the program it needs. And have the history, have all that stuff. But you can be proud of the program you have now. You don't have to be beholden to this idea that we only hang national championship banners. Well, great. You might never hang another banner then. At this moment, I think Mick Cronin has his draft card, his draft card, his dance card filled of battles he's fighting within UCLA. The banner thing is important, but how about, how about, this is going to um, take. No, this the, is going to take fans. The criteria it's take fans. for getting international players in, but I'll just leave it right there. Yeah. Well, so there's that, but like this is more of a battle for the fans because I think the thing that is stopping this from happening is the fans. Like I think there's a there's an old guard, um, a lot of whom are the well moneyed people who give to the basketball program, especially who have this idea in their heads, and I don't think it's been well examined because. What you're saying is nothing matters since 95. And that's just not true. Those Howland teams, they should have like a halftime ceremony for those Howland teams. They should. Like that, that should be a thing that happens. Because not Elite Eight, that school across the uh, Yeah, no, it's, we're not talking about Elite Eights. We're not talking fours. about made-up things. But Final Fours so you're are saying a real thing. Fly a banner to raise a banner. That's what I'm saying. Ha! That's exactly what I I'm saying. I love that. So, just, anyway. You know what? They should just fly the banner that you want to be raised. Yeah. 
Do you know UCLA doesn't I've really a lot? Get out there know, and do that, guys. Do you know UCLA doesn't play like a true, 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 true cupcake this year? Like Denver's the worst team they play, and they're two sixty-seven on Ken Palm. Yeah. Well, what's the what's the line for cupcakes? I would say so. I, is not Denver. Denver is pretty close. Sac State's pretty close, but these are not like how many D one teams are we up to now? It's I mean three sixty. Eastern Illinois is three fifty four, and they're not the last. Hmm. Let's they see. keep adding to it every year. It's right now. Oh, actually, three sixty four is the last. <laughs> There you oh, go. sorry, three sixty-three. So Eastern Illinois, who Illinois played, they're three fifty-four. So IUPUI three sixty-three. That's IUPUI. the worst team. But there. like, if you get all the way up to two sixty-seven, you're you know, you're bordering on Cal. <laughs> Wait, let's just let that resonate for a while and not say anything. <laughs> oh, Cal. Oh, Cal. The worst of the UC schools. I mean, we could talk football, but let's let's talk basketball, Cal. 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 Maybe they should just fold athletics. I mean. <laughs> They've lost to UC Davis and UC San Diego. Would they be competitive in their league? In the Big West? Uh. Uh, clearly not, because they've lost to UC Davis and UC San Diego. Wow. What, uh, so, and then, like, I don't think they play them this year, but what would UC Santa Barbara do to them? I've heard from sources at Cal. You know how UCLA fans complain a bit about how hard it is sometimes that UCLA seems to be fighting the athletic department on so many levels, just says no all the time, especially on getting recruits in. I've I've heard from very good sources within the Cal athletic program that it is nothing like Cal. Cal is like... Has like a wall around it. it. It's like a prison, <laughs> in the opposite of prison of trying to get people into the prison. I mean, it is impossible. It is. It's. Let's just say. The idea of Cal. Going to the, Big Ten, is is just such a such a mismatch on how that athletic department operates and functions. It, it doesn't belong given where it is right now. And I'm sorry, Cal fans, you know, deep down I got Cal blood running in me, so it enables me to say this. But dang, I heard it makes UCLA, you know, look like an SEC program comparatively when it comes to recruiting. So there do you, you go. Do you know what, Cal, what UC Santa Barbara would be favored by over Cal on a neutral court? You're doing the FPI thing, the... I'm looking at Ken Palm. Kim Palm. I'm looking at yeah. Ken Palm. Yeah. There's uh, so many of those now. I can't it, they'd this. be favored by almost 10 points on a neutral court over Cal. You see Santa Barbara. <laughs> I don't know Which, how. What UC a... team, here's the question. What UC team right now would Cal be favored over in basketball? Uh, what UC or what Cal State? UC. Uh, so UC Riverside is similarly ranked, but Cal has not. UC Riverside. Cal has not found their bottom yet. So Cal is – they started out the year 146th on Ken Palm. They're now 179th. Ken Palm has not caught up to this dumpster fire. Yeah. Uh, and UC San Diego, which is ranked the 295th team on Ken Palm, just beat them by two. So I think UC Riverside would probably be a three-point favorite too. Where's Riverside? 
Riverside is currently 195th. So they're really? they're much better. They're than, way over. I mean, they just didn't they, weren't they, they just they just became a D1 program like 8 years ago? Yeah, Riverside just beat Loyola Marymount on the road. Wow. Um, so this is a team they Getting they done in Riverside. Only lost to Colorado by 16 on the road. Okay, we're so, going off track. Yeah, Riverside is going to crush Cal. Anyway, Cal's bad. We hate Cal. Um but you like Cal. I don't. But don't belong in the Big Ten. I mean, they don't belong anywhere. Yeah, they belong in a trash can. Uh, my niece is a uh, she. She fires the cannon at football games for Cal. Does she really? She really does. Um, is there a real like cannonball that comes out? Because no, unfortunately, that'd be cool. Yeah, you'd be able to. You 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 might. You know, if it hits the stands, <laughs> there might be one or two fa- Cal fans who die. Wow, that was so dark. <laughs> that was really dark. And you know, I set you up for you to say it. Yeah, you really did. Yeah, I'm an ass. Um, all right. Well, so basketball, they've got Illinois, and then it's one of Baylor or Virginia. Uh, that is the game that'll be like a true top 10 versus top 10. Uh, Baylor and Virginia are both uh, projected to be very good this year. I have watched um, some Baylor. Yeah, Baylor's 3-0. and Virginia's 2-0. and They're 5-6 and on Ken Palm. UCLA is currently ninth. Um, so that's a game that UCLA potentially might not even be favored. So yeah. that'll be interesting. Fun. And our but it's going to be a fun weekend. Our guy, Mike, he's putting in some road, some miles, baby. Oh, yeah. He's, he's doing it all. He's going to try to do it, as is, I, you know, Ben Bolts. They're, they're, <laughs> they're travel buddies. No, they're not going together. I suggested they should. But Mike's going to try to make it all. He's going to uh, make the Illinois game. Come back for the football game, then go back out Sunday to Baylor or Virginia to Las Vegas. Incredible man. What an incredible guy. Yeah. So that's about it. We talked Sebastian Mack in there, Tracy. Sebastian Mack. Um, we, but we already discussed him. Do you want to do it more? Yeah, but not really. Um, he's, yeah, he's a little four star who, who committed to UCLA, signed. Yeah, I kind of want to talk about it because. You know, I first really saw him, uh, not this last spring, but the spring before at Section 17. Uh, I mean, I had seen him one other time before, but I got to watch him in like three different games. And uh, he, 6'2 to 6'3 at the time, I think he's gotten a little bit bigger. He, he drove almost everything <laughs> offensively. When he'd shoot, it was really uh, inconsistent. Um, played his ass off on defense. Really tough. There's there's one thing that you can see when you're looking for a Mick Cronin guy. And it's very easy to go out and watch. D- does, he, does he like contact? Does he initiate contact? Does he not back down from contact? Um, there was a guy who was ranked top five in 2023. And I'm spacing on his name because I always forget once they're not UCLA recruits anymore. And UCLA was recruiting him. And I went out to watch him twice at uh, the Nike League, EYBL, and I watched two games, and he ran up and down the court, and he did not touch anyone. Sebastian Mack throws himself at people. (laughs) I mean, he just, he's like a battering ram uh, on offense, and he really enjoys contact. So that's a big box to check. And UCLA recognized all this about him, but he he never did anything really spectacularly well. 
Uh, he wasn't a point guard. He like had point guard kind of size. Didn't really shoot it. Was a little bit too streaky and inconsistent. Drove a lot. And you got to wonder, 6'2 to 6'3 shooting guard, will he be able to drive against bigger, more athletic college guys? So you kept him on the list, right? Which is what I did with all those recruiting uh, uh, resets. But then he finally did do one thing. While he does everything really well, he did one thing in an elite level, starting with the border league in October, where I th- I wasn't there, but I heard Eric Bossy say he shot 70% from three. And some of those were deep, deep balls. I mean... He really turned it on. So he can really score. And now you throw in everything else. His toughness, his mental toughness. He's one of those guys that just keeps playing. I I saw the Oakland Soldiers. They were down by 17 points. The whole team was just, it, it was a crap team. And he literally was trying to pick up guys, guarding them at three quarters and trying to get a steal. I mean, he's a guy. So... I'm really happy about this commitment. Um, I feel really good that he is a guy that will fit into Mick Cronin's program, relish how tough it can be, and um, come out on the other end, the type of college player that that UCLA wins with. So, yeah. Uh, you know, right now UCLA's class has three guys like ranked from 65th to 70th or something like that. Um, there is no one and done. There is no top 25 guy in this class, but I like it. This is the Jalen Clark. This is the Darren Collison. This is those kind of guys. Um, and there's still plenty. It's the class is ranked 13th. There's still plenty of room because they're going to lose a lot of guys. And I don't want to say they're going to lose Jalen Clark. Let's say they lose five or six guys, six guys. Um, so still, uh, Cronin could add three or four more guys. I'm hearing right now, probably most of those guys are going to, a big portion of those guys will probably be made up of international players. That's how well UCLA is doing on the international recruiting scene at this point. Um, And maybe a transfer. Dave, where would you like UCLA, what position would you like UCLA to pick up a transfer for next season? Assuming they're not going to put together a $400,000 NIL deal for Tiger Campbell to come back for year six, then I think it has to be a point guard. Um, Well, well, not only does it have to be, but the way transfers think is, will I be able to walk in and immediately start? Yeah, and I think... um, you know, I think that transfer is going to be sold a bill of goods about what Dylan Andrews will be doing this time next year. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think getting in a point guard is probably the priority in the transfer portal and somebody with some experience, like not like, yeah, somebody who's good, but somebody who's also started, you know, two or three seasons of games would be great. Um, because I think next year, if you're looking at it, I think there's a lot of talent, but if, if Jalen Clark doesn't come back and they somehow don't convince Tiger Campbell to come back for year six, the there'll be upside to the team, but it's not going to be a potential final four team. Like there, it's going to be a little bit of a rebuild because I mean, you're just going to be losing so much of the core and you've got a new core. And that, this is the thing. I, I, if I'm Mick Cronin, don't be scared of a minor rebuilding year. Like I think it still should be expected to make the tournament and all that kind of stuff. But 
don't be scared of not being a Final Four team next year. I don't think anyone is saying, oh, you got to be a Final Four team every single year or have the potential to be. Um, taking a year to kind of rebuild a nucleus, that's fine. Um, but I would get a point guard just so that that rebuilding year doesn't become like a, you know, uh, we're not making the tournament and we're not very good and we're, you know, a 500 team next year. And, and, uh, and this is in no way – an overture to Jalen Clark, but just, you know, a flat out shameless overture for him to return. <laughs> well, it is, he'd be, but, he'd be but the he's man. going to score 30 points a game next year. He would be the man <laughs> and he would be putting his stamp on this next generation of UCLA players. And, and I think he relishes that to an extent based on what he's saying. And, and that, I mean, that can't, it can't be diminished how much that helps your draft stock. When, when you're that guy nationally, that, that seeps into the NBA evaluations. And, I mean, just look at guys. Zach Charbonnet absolutely increased his, his draft stock. Uh, absolutely, Dorian Thompson-Robinson did. Absolutely, Jaime Hawkes will. It, it, I mean, where would you, where would you put Jalen Clark right now? Probably early second round? I mean, we I mean, know if he better. Keep, if he, if he but, keeps playing this way, I mean, he's going to be a first-rounder. Okay, but if he comes back, he's a lottery pick. Yeah, I mean, if he comes back at his current rate of improvement, I mean, yeah. The the thing is, with his ability, and if he continues to improve his, like, guard skills, his wing skills, I mean, he's got pretty good size for a two-guard. He just doesn't. He didn't necessarily have all the skills necessary to play that role at the NBA level. But another year of development, he might get there. He's got a good work ethic. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I think there's an arg to bring him back. It's just it really is dependent on how good he looks this year. Now, are you um, are you speaking to your millennial people? The arg, whatever argument. No, I thought uh, you're trying. I thought you're trying to appeal to that crowd. I oh, like sorry, it. sorry. I, I'll I'll try to speak with a uh, full verbiage. Ad, ad nauseum. Um, oh, that was good. Ad nauseum. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's largely dependent on how he looks this year. Um, if yes. he if he continues to play this way, there's just it's 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 hard to imagine him not getting the NBA attention that dictates a first round pick. And then it's you know I think there should be a competitive package. Um, I think UCLA should put out an offer, and by UCLA I do mean independent collectives that have nothing and no affiliation to the university itself. Um, but <laughs> You were um, like that guy who reads the thing really fast at the exactly. end of commercials on the radio. But I think that would need to be part of the conversation. Um, it's just, is that going to be compelling enough for him to return? But No arg from me. Whatever. That's all, that's, all, that's all a season from now. No uh, arg. Right now, UCLA basketball is great. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Great right. weekend too. Fun weekend. We should all. It'll be a, it'll be a fun weekend of football and basketball, and we'll all come out of it um, surely pleased with a, you know, three and zero stretch for basketball and football. Are you okay? I just I don't know if you're talking to someone you know named Shirley. Shirley. Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. Good all stuff, right. Dave. Great stuff. Did you Tracy. turn the thing on that that records this, or was this oh, just you and me talking? Uh... I can't. I can't reproduce this. This is one one off. <laughs> yeah, no. This is this is a shot. One yeah. shot. Okay. You only get one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. <coughs> we had All fun right. On our own. For Tracy Pearson, I'm David Woods, Bruin Report Online, and we'll talk to you again next time. See y'all.